podcast informs listeners that the views, thoughts, and opinions expressed solely belong to the host and not necessarily to their employer or any other group of individuals. It is not a research report. It is not a recommendation to buy or sell any security. It is for informational purposes only and should not be construed otherwise. It's November 13, 2019. This is Nikki Yu, and your Pizza Trader podcast would capture many topics. Uh, one would be e-commerce. We're going to talk about Shopee. Two would be agglomeration. I'll discuss what agglomeration means. It has to do with Adidas closing their factories in Germany and USA and shifting to Vietnam. The other story I'd like to talk about is, well, Vietnam, which companies are benefiting. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about water businesses, Manila Water being um, a significant exposure play on Vietnam, in Vietnam. And then maybe uh, to end our show, we'll talk about companies that are valued. We'll talk about companies that provide dividends talk about Philippine companies that are earning money and are not yet appreciated by so many. We'll discuss the facts and let's dig in. Okay, so first story, e-commerce. E-commerce in Southeast Asia has never really uh, taken off very wildly. It's only been recently that Southeast Asia has fully adopted this e-commerce trajectory. Shopee is owned by SE. C-Limited. C-Limited is the um, owner of Garena, Dota, all of these. So it's, it's a game company. It's a Singaporean holding company, but it has its um, headquarters in Singapore, but the e-commerce platform is significant in Southeast Asia. We're talking about Indonesia, Malaysia, Philippines, and so forth. Um November 11, 2019 is the so-called Global Shopping Festival. But actually, uh, this Global Shopping Festival is uh, an Alibaba tactic. It was the singles day, if you remember. It's 1111. For for SE, they reported 17 million items sold in the first 24 hours. And this is one of the reasons why the company after earnings results, uh, made an 18% top, meaning from $31, it closed at about $36 uh, in a single day. You could uh, see that after earnings, it's pre-market, uh, after hours, it's trading at $35 because the company is also uh, making a convertible note. What is a convertible note? It's essentially offering shares at a discount, and that is for the company to raise money. And it's typical, we've seen a lot of companies post outstanding results and then next day insider selling. So Shopee, the leading e-commerce platform in Southeast Asia and Taiwan has set a new record with 70 million items sold in a single day on November 11. Shopee's regional managing director, Ian Ho, said that the platform has been charting a strong momentum for this year and sales season. And, um, well, that's essentially it. Uh, just make sure that if you are a Shopee shareholder, 
you have to be cognizant that Shopee is not really earning money. So this company is utilizing its market cap to become profitable. It has been a copycat of Alibaba, Amazon. Uh, they are wrapping up these outstanding 11-11 big sales, but if you look at their profitability, they're still in red ink. So be careful, and I'm not saying that I'm negative on these companies, but a convertible is essentially a sell signal. Uh, the next story that we'll talk about is agglomeration. What is the meaning of agglomeration? Agglomeration means that it is assemblage. It is a, a mass or a collection of things. So a lot of companies right now, the winning trend for this year because of the trade war, all of these risks, the winning country has been Vietnam. Which companies have been made in Vietnam? Well, Adidas is moving. Uh, they're cutting their losses. Take note that they have these speed factories. Speed factories are robot automated factories in Germany and in USA. As uh, I don't know the exact valuation of these factories there, but Adidas will like to take their speed factories to Vietnam because of agglomeration, meaning they're cutting their losses in USA and then Germany, and they're shifting all their sneakers and all the Adidas shirts to be made in Vietnam. Which companies are actually in Vietnam? Well, among the companies that we know, Funko, entire factories in Vietnam. Uh, a lot of uh, toy companies are actually shifting from Hasbro from China to Vietnam. So Vietnam, the, the key quality here is not just cheap labor. Uh, we're talking about all the companies. We're talking about even the likes of uh, HP, Toyota. You know, I, I don't have an entire list, but there's hundreds of companies that have moved their factories away from USA and into Southeast Asia, and it's all in Vietnam. Uh, when it comes to Vietnam, the key characteristic why they are there and why you should know that U.S. manufacturing has really suffered is because Vietnam not only has cheap labor, these companies can also benefit from assemblage. Assemblage, the reason here is efficiency. Uh, notice that when you're doing, you're making your Apple iPhone, Apple iPhones are made in China, the reason being that all of the suppliers are in China. So it is, this, it is the same case for Adidas. Uh, the fact that all of the assembly line is in Vietnam makes it a perfect reason why they should be in Vietnam. Now, for the Filipinos like us, how do we benefit? Well, one of the main beneficiaries here is um, who are the companies in the Philippines with significant Vietnamese exposure? That would have to be Jollibee. URC and Manila Water, maybe Maxis too, through their franchising of their brands. Uh, Yellow Cab, for instance, is in Vietnam as well. Uh, in my memory, I think Jollibee has 112 Jollibee stores already in Vietnam. It owns Pro 24, it owns Thailand's Coffee, and they're growing 100 more Jollibees in Vietnam. They have a commissary with a utilization only of about 35%, so they're planning to grow that from 100 stores to about 200 stores, they're increasingly um, adding their Vietnamese exposure. So it's actually a very strong uh, country. Vietnam has been registering really off the charts when it comes to manufacturing costs. Uh, the investments have really gone to Vietnam. Uh, let's talk about um, 
so we covered e-commerce, we've covered uh, Vietnam, Adidas, exactly. We will have to cover. Um, we will have to cover some things like um, which companies are dying. Okay. The companies that have recently reported really bad earnings is a company that we don't really cover, but I will discuss them just so you are aware. Dean Foods uh, is a dairy company. They reported a bankruptcy filing. Now, what, why is this relevant? This company is a plant. Uh, it's being disrupted by plant-based milk. Plant-based milk meaning almond milk meaning oat milk. Remember that right now, plant meat is still a nascent industry. It's an infant. Just like e-commerce is still an infant. Now, the strongest lesson for everyone here is when it comes to disruption, you have to see what's happening so that if it is going to hold on for the next three years or more, maybe 25 years, you have to be aware of what's happening. Dean Foods has filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, choose, uh, bankruptcy protection. The shares of the owner of True Moo Chocolate Milk and Meadow Gold Ice Cream are trading at 80 cents uh, as an arbitrage continuing in the stock. Company is in talks over potential sales of its assets with the Dairy Farmers of America. The dairy company is struggling due to a shift away from milk-based products in recent years. Dean Food CEO Eric Berengal said that we are continuing to be impacted by a challenging operating environment marked by continuing declines in consumer milk consumption. So, um, why is this relevant? Okay, the reason why this is relevant is we're going to talk about this plant meat trend. This is plant-based milk. You'll hear about plant-based ice cream. What are, what are all these? Uh, Beyond Meat is... Um, has registered a 250% revenue growth. It recently hit the high of 242 and has since fallen down after a secondary share sale offering at 160. And so far, it's trading at about 73, close to 78. I am looking at the charts, and the downside I see for, for Beyond Meat is about 78 to 61. So within the $60 range, uh, I would argue that the downside here is small. Um, and the reason why is because we already know that Impossible Foods, even without reporting any single revenue um, in the public markets, that is, has been valued at a $3 billion market cap privately. So if you can enter the competitor of Impossible Foods, which is beyond me, a $3 billion market cap, which is roughly, roughly around 50 to $60 billion, 50 to $60, sorry, 50 to $60, then you're roughly in the same territory as a private value, private VC. And that is, I believe, the bottom because um, the the floor would always be where the VCs would put in their support, the venture capitalists. So even after the lockup expiration of Beyond Meat, uh, I don't think that the venture capitalists would all sell their shares and finish their entire holdings, especially when the plant meat trend is uh, starting to take off for the next two to five years or maybe longer. Uh, in fact, yesterday, Tyson Foods, the owner of Raised and Rooted, and essentially they are, they are the largest meat 
company in USA. Essentially, they're your Magnolia of USA. They're the Magnolia and Monterey of USA. This company wants 7% off because they're saying that Raisin Rooted, uh, their plant meat brand, is, is, is in 7,000 stores and will roll out more uh, of their Raisin Rooted brand. We have already said that Tyson's, Nestle, Kellogg's, Conagra Foods, these are potential big players in the market, even Nestle. They could potentially uh, be a very strong competition for Beyond Meat and Impossible Foods because of their great distribution networks. So fret not because Beyond Meat has a partnership with uh, a lot of companies, Dunkin' Donuts, Tim Hortons, McDonald's, and so forth, uh, KFC. The, the thing about this is that all of these companies are testing, it, it, it's in a testing phase, meaning it's a limited time offering. The industry is around $1 trillion total sales for the meat. So let's assume that even if you just get 1% of that $1 trillion, that's $10 billion, sorry, What's 1% of 1 trillion? 100B, 10B, 1B, sorry. 1% 1 is a billion dollars sales. So even if you just get 1% of that meat industry, that's considerably big. So um, the potentials are big. That's why there are a lot of DCs willing to plow in money in these types of trends. And the CEOs of Ethan Brown for Beyond Meat and Pat Brown of Impossible Foods see that as the trend is starting, the, 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 the right way to essentially bet on these names is to bet so small, uh, not too significant, maybe 1% of your portfolio or 2% of your portfolio, and see it quarter by quarter by quarter. Uh, the fact that Dean Foods, which is essentially your incumbent milk, is filing for bankruptcy doesn't mean that Tyson Foods will be disrupted. In fact, Tyson Foods, which is the largest meat company, is getting in on the trend by selling plant-based burgers. They call it Raisin Rooted. They're blended burgers. And it's actually been doing well. So names have definitely been sprouting. Uh, you know Gardein. Gardein is the Conagra Foods brand. Um, we like Kellogg's. We've been pitching Kellogg's and Conagra Foods. For those that are new here, you can Try to look back, Conagra Foods and Kellogg's. Um, it's in Medium article. I shared it. Um, I also shared a lot about the flexitarian trend. Uh, the flexitarian trend is essentially somebody who is eating some Beyond Meat or blended burgers or all of these without having to stop eating their steaks. Flexi is flexible. You're flexibly trying this out. The fact that so many uh, influencers from Leonardo DiCaprio to Beyonce, all endorsing this plant-based trend, you could see that this has around 5 to 10, 20 years. We'll see how, how far this trend goes. So it's still too early to say. Um, but it's important for us to note that a lot of the chart supports of Beyond Meat has had, had been broken because of the lockup expiration. So these have been sold down by the VCs, the early venture capitalists, because these companies, whether it's Slack or whether it's Beyond Meat, 
these are brands that people know. Companies uh, are able to sell them down, especially the VCs. They're able to take profits. Uh, the CFO of Slack, the CTO of Slack, all of them, they've been selling shares. So, but so far, the technical support for Slack, it, it has held their support at 1950. That's a $10 billion market cap. And, um, and for Beyond Meat, it's holding on to that $73 so far. We'll see if 73 is going to hold or will it still go to about 61. But I see that the downside is around 20%, but the upside could be higher, like 50 to 60%. So we'll see. The market is still mixed. When I say mixed, everyone could say that Beyond Meat is worth 85 bucks, 100 bucks, 135, 150. So it's still, um, there's no consensus. There's nobody who's uber bearish. There's also nobody who's uber bullish. Uh, people are usually on a whole great thing for for Beyond Meat. It's too early kasi to know. Okay, um, the next story we'll discuss would be Disney. Disney streaming has been launching and positive estimates. It just opened November 12th, uh, last night. So, so far, Disney has been holding their games this year. It's trading at $138. Could go $150 to $200 in the next three years. So, we're still just bullish. We just hold our Disney for the next 12 quarters. So, it's about, how many months is it now? It's November, so we've been holding Disney for 11 months. Give it another 15 months. And we'll see where it goes. So just hold. Disney provides one percent dividend a year, so it's not a lot, but it's a stock to keep. Mm, what else should we be talking about? Well, I I want to talk about the companies that have been uh, losing. Why am I talking about companies that are losing money? I need to talk about them so that you are aware of disruption in the business. So Party City, which we don't really cover, has fallen 67% down in a single day. And the reason is because Party City's business, the entire business of Party City is essentially um, Halloween costumes and so forth. But in October, their sales declined. So imagine if your business, wherein the, the main business line of yours is in that month, and yet you register a decline in your sales. People are so afraid that um, e-commerce plus the fact that they can't even control their balloons, which is one of their top-selling products, they they weren't able to do that. And so the shares fell significantly down, as if it's going to enter Chapter 11 bankruptcy the next day. I am sharing this because I keep on reiterating to you to buy great businesses not great valuations because um, essentially people are not cognizant that people are not always cognizant that they should be buying great businesses. I know it sounds intuitive, but a lot of people like to buy just cheap companies. Now, a cheap company is nonsense if it's a business that has declining revenue. The most important thing that you have, you guys have to know is, are the revenues growing? Because if the if the revenues are growing but the costs are rising, so no bad, right? That's actually what's happening in a lot of e-commerce today. 
um, the sales are great, like 150% growth or sometimes 500% growth. But if their costs are also rising too much, that means that they are paying for that growth. And it's okay for some companies to pay for their growth because they're new. But if they're paying for their growth habitually, like what Uber is doing, losing billions on top of that, then it's scary, right? So I'm just trying to be very fair that a lot of companies these days, they have great earnings, but most um, great sales, I mean. But you have to look at the profitability. Okay, wait up. Um, we have to discuss that. I, I just have to reiterate that when you see revenues declining, that is the mark of a sales signal. Are there companies that we have advertised that have declining in revenues? 